When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Whiskey, Jazz, and Leadership Podcast. Subscribe now so you don't miss a drop of straight talk you can't get anywhere else. We discuss the whiskeys to drink, music to listen to, and what it really takes to be an effective leader. I'm your host, Galen Bingham, the Leadership Strategist. Tonight's guest, author, founder, and CEO of Beyond EI, Michelle Neverez. Hey, what you drink? I, you know, I just I love the evolution. I love the journey that you're on. Uh, the fact that you are not sitting back admiring uh, the hardware. Uh, you're you're actually putting it to work. Uh, you're trying to find out how how much further you can take this. This really kind of brings me to. The other part of this conversation, because I, I knew we were going to be talking about emotional intelligence. I, I just, I, I knew that that was going to come up, and I was prepared to talk uh, talk about your book because you've got so many things going. You've got a new book. Uh, you've got a new company that you're leading. You're doing so much amazing work, and it's all sitting on the foundation of all of these incredible coaches who you've already trained and inspired to do this kind of work. So I was prepared for that. I, I wasn't prepared for you to come with such a storied jazz palette. I mean, you know, a lot of people will quote liking John Coltrane, but you're like, no, I like Charlie Parker, right? The guy who inspired John Coltrane. And, you know, Nina Simone, talk a little bit about this whole jazz piece. And in particular, I, I'm looking for people to help me articulate mm. this connection that I keep trying to draw, trying to express between jazz and leadership. What is what is that connection to you and how can you help me explain this crazy name for a podcast? Yeah, I love it. First of all, what a fantastic pairing you have and unique and super fun, pretty unparalleled in my opinion. And I have to say, it's a really fun podcast to be on. So, um, you know, when I was a teenager, I dated a young man who for a long time, actually, for about 11 years. And um, he had incredible music taste. And I really didn't have much breadth to my music palette or exposure. And so he really is the one who broadened my horizons relative to the artists that I enjoy listening to. And so he, he introduced me to each of those artists. You know, I remember just, we, I grew up in Montana and in Montana, it turns out like just to drive to the store is like an hour there and back. So like two hours. And so we used to listen to the music in the car and he had a, you know, over the years, you know, he had a 
Subaru. And then one time he had a Volare with like a T-top. And so we, you know, with an eight track, it even had an eight track. So um, we used to listen to the music and I loved Charlie Parker. And I just, it just got my spirits up. And I don't know, it just puts you in a different state of mind. But the connection, I think, between maybe all great art, if I'm being honest, but Mm -hmm. I think particularly jazz, is really, I think, the same skill that someone who is quite skillful with their own emotional intelligence has, which is the ability to ebb and flow with whatever life throws your way. Mm. You know, and I think about it even um, similar to to the martial art of Aikido, where you take the energy that's coming towards you, whatever that is, and you're working with it and transforming it in the moment and putting it back out into the world in a way that's not harmful, but takes the best of what we have internally and the creativity. And I think that's what really good jazz is and really good art and good form in general of when we're at our best, that's what we do. Wow. I love the imagery behind your description. I think you're absolutely right. And again, I think in terms of quotes, so I'm going to go back to Miles Davis. And he said, uh, he, he once told uh, a new member of his band, uh, I don't want you to play what's there. I want you to play what's not there. Mm-hmm. And it's just this this willingness to step into the unknown and trust that you're going to be okay. Right. Isn't that what coaching is too? Really, when you think about it, like the best kind of coaching comes by just listening. There's you know, not an agenda. You're not figuring out what you're going to say next. Um, none of it. And it's not to say you don't go prepared where you're, you know, you know, your clients, you've given thought to the things they've told you in the past. But I think the best kinds of human interactions are not planned. Mm. And they have this element of spontaneity and freshness and beginner's mind. And there's an element of, of two words, okay, unlearning and what I'll call rechilding, wow. kind of connecting with that aspect to ourselves that somehow gets lost somewhere along the way. And we need to unlearn so many things over the course of our lifetime so that we can connect with that inner potential that we each have. Wow. Talk a little bit more about unlearning because that sounds counterintuitive. (laughs) But it sounds powerful at the same time. So please give me some more texture. Okay. So, so first I'll give credit where credit's due. So this last year, the front end of, I guess, this calendar year, I was invited to be part of a a leadership program. And I received the invitation out of literally nowhere from people I had never met. And they said they just, I I was referred to them. I thought, oh, interesting. Okay. And so it's a group called uh, Luciel Holistic Visions. And and they're a, a foundation out of the UK. And the essence of what they're about is bringing leaders from around the world together who are basically going to make stuff happen in a way where we're reconnecting to ourselves, to each other, 
and really to the earth, which, you know, I have to say is so undervalued relative to a condition of what allows us to lead the lives we lead. And so within that context, I was uh, assigned to a group called the Multidimensional Learning Group, and it, it was consisted of 12 people. So there were 12 groups of 12 to come to this 144 leaders. And we eventually, as a learning group, renamed ourselves the Unlearning Group because, you know, even if you look at just from the neuroscience of perception and emotion, it turns out that at a fundamental level, uh, again, this is my assessment of the, the complex situation, my distillation, if you will, of the meaning of what we have influence over within ourselves. Number one, it's our awareness. And, you know, we talk in uh, both the mindfulness space and emotional intelligence a lot about self-awareness. And self-awareness is really important, but it's one way of being aware. It turns out there are many stances and perspectives that we can take that completely change our relationship to whatever it is we're perceiving in the moment Mm -hmm. that then sets us on a trajectory of meaning-making or Mm sense-making that absolutely influences our understanding of reality. And so when we look at the process of unlearning, what I'm really talking about here is we all learn to assign meaning based on our contexts Mm -hmm. and our social influences. And I think about that as like um, concentric circles moving outwards. And so we've got sort of the the closest, you know, ties, whatever those are. Sometimes they're biological family members, sometimes they're not. But then we have a whole range of contexts and influences throughout our lifetimes. And we go through this process of individuation. Some of us more consciously than others. And we each would do well to figure out what in that soup or mix of what we've been shown is the right this or the right that, our own truth. Mm -hmm. And so there's an intentional process of unlearning, so to say, that takes place, I think, that um, allows us to really Uh, develop our own Mm self-identity as opposed to our social identity. And that allows us to be in alignment. Wow, that's great. A self-identity. And again, I keep keep going back to Miles Davis. He said, in order to be a great jazz musician, you have to learn everything you can and then forget everything you learned and just show up. And that sounds like what I'm hearing from you that it takes to be a great coach. Learn absolutely everything you can about the the craft, but then forget everything that you've learned and just show up and be present, trusting that you are enough. Yeah, absolutely. We have everything we need, actually. Mm. So um, that sounds kind of scary at times, right? I mean, it's it's scary to think that I can show up, you know, high-priced executive has hired me and paid a lot of money for me to come in and 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 help him get better at what he's trying to do, what she's trying to accomplish, and I'm supposed to prepare. I've done my I've done my due diligence, but then show up without an agenda. That sounds a little nerving. How would you comfort? And I heard another one of your twelve self discoveries. How would you comfort that new executive coach? 
in understanding that, as Jay-Z said, they should trust their knowing. Yes. There are some things that that you just know, you can't articulate, you can't prove, but you just know and you need to trust your knowing. How would you make that coach feel comfortable that they are enough? Yeah, I think this is somehow linked to what I think of as our intrinsic motivators mm-hmm. and and the intrinsic wisdom that I believe we each, every single one of us as beings, sentient beings have. And that is the capacity for awareness itself, the capacity to perceive, to be awake, to be aware, to be cognizant, to know. We often take that for granted because it's just a feature of our existence. You know, it's so close, we don't see that as our superpower, but it is. And so, you know, when we aren't occupied, with becoming this or that, or somehow improving upon ourselves, but actually turning inwards to the wisdom we already have and connecting with that, what that does is it allows us a greater strength and confidence to connect again and again with what we have intrinsically available to us. And it it means that we aren't dependent or waiting for that moment or that person or that thing that's extrinsic to us to come and make our lives better. But it allows us to connect. Honestly, I think any religion might articulate it differently, but with what either God gave us or our Buddha nature or internal wisdom, however you want to articulate it, it's getting into the divine. Mm. Oh my gosh. So, so, you know, if you're listening to this, you see why so many people consider this, this, this lady, this giant in this space to be one of their foundational teachers, especially in emotional intelligence, because this is just, this is why this is so important because it starts with self-awareness but it is all in pursuit of being in this state of knowing. And I just, I really enjoy that. Now, now one of the things that I, I talked about in a conversation with uh, Ms. Sean Chavis is that just because you're passionate about baking doesn't mean that you should open a bakery, right? There's, there's, there's a big difference between being passionate about something, actually being good, at that something, and then actually constructing a business around it. You, you've done both. What are some things that you've learned about standing up a company, running a company? It can't be as easy as the brochure described. <laughs> oh, goodness. You know, when I used to sit in the seat of the head of HR for various companies, I was pretty critical of CEOs, I have to say. <laughs> and now I am one. And I got to say, I've backpedaled a little bit to say, I really didn't know. And so I didn't know what I didn't know. But here's the thing. We started our business from truly nothing, meaning we had no startup capital. I just had to make this happen based on creativity and willingness to get a thing done. And what I realized in that process is that 
it is so much easier <laughs> to stand on the sidelines looking in and pronounce certain things or see certain things than it is to be the leader of leading the company. Because what I found is that, yeah, you got to do all the operational things super well. But oh, by the way, what you really need to tend to are the human relationships and the deepest developments and elements of psyche of every single team member that you have, as well as client, you know, most of the time. And so I can't say I did that that well. I made a lot of mistakes and they were really painful, actually, because I care so much about the relationships. But even when we make mistakes, I think the most noble thing we can do is raise our hand and say, yeah, I totally screwed up there <laughs> and I'm going to do it differently. And thank you for enlightening me or being courageous enough to tell me I really handled that super badly so that I don't have to repeat that again. You know, and I had a lot of really dear friends along the way who were willing to tell me when I wasn't doing the right thing or showing up in the way that I would want to show up. And I thank them for that internally and externally. And then you pick yourself up again and you say, I'm going to go get it again. Mm. And I'm going to do it better. And I'm going to walk my talk. Because if we can't embody this work, I don't even know why we're doing it. Yeah. You know? And so I see it as a moment-to-moment -moment proposition to be won or lost. And man, you have to be humble. Oh. You have to be so willing to just be gracious and to fail and to fail gracefully and pick yourself up and do better next time. Uh, I mean, that is so true. And I'll tell you, I, I learned that the hard way because very similar, very similar to your story, I was an executive, Fortune 500 company, all the things that every business school student says that they want, I had and was, you know, impressive business card and all of that stuff. And so I, I moved into my entre entrepreneurial space with a good degree of, of arrogance, thinking, oh, of course I can go do this other thing, right? And boy, I tell you, there's something that changes <laughs> when it's your money, <laughs> when it's your name, uh, and when everyone's looking at you. <laughs> boy, I tell you, if, if, if you don't have a good handle on who you are and what you're put here to do, that job, that CEO job becomes really, really challenging, regardless of how big the numbers are uh, on the PL statement. Yeah, so true. So true, Galen. And I think, you know, a good CEO and a good leader, a good human being have the quality of genuinely wanting to get better and help others. And, you know, one of my big passion areas and, and one of the big reasons I do what I do is because I want to help transform leaders and the businesses they lead into being what I call agents of world benefit, mm -hmm. meaning that what we do is first and foremost about humanity and about what's good for people and what's good for this planet. 
And I genuinely believe that if we could shift all business to that purpose, it would be such an incredible and meaningful shift that would be plentiful beyond belief. In other words, I think we think that if we were to change the current business model that's focused on, you know, kind of shareholder value and, you know, these things that are destroying the planet, that somehow we're all going to miss out and, 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 and not have the ability to make money or, or have enough. It's kind of a scarcity mindset. Scarcity mindset. Yes. I just don't believe that at all. I think wherever there are challenges, that's like a great big invitation to say, come get this, this yours, come get it and let's do it differently. So, you know, and I'll tell you, I I, I agree with you. I, I, I haven't thought about it in this succinct of a definition as what you've just shared, but uh, when you have a scarcity mindset, the terms, the ideas, the concepts such as collaboration really become almost manipulative as opposed to when you have an abundance mindset, when you think that there's enough for everyone, then why wouldn't I collaborate with Michelle? Because instead of the concept, and I'm going to borrow from my conversation with Wyman Winbush, instead of Michelle stealing from my share of the pie, Michelle's going to help me grow the size of the pie for everybody. (laughs) And so we all get more if we have this abundance mindset as opposed to the scarcity mindset that so many businesses uh, seem to have. Man, I just, I want to talk to you more about how do we help people make that shift from scarcity to abundance. But I'll tell you what, I want to try to bring you into the VIP room. So there's a there's a special section that we've reserved just for our VIPs. And if you got a few more minutes, I'd love to bring you into the VIP room because this is enough for those who are listening for free. What parting words would you share on this side of the velvet rope to anyone wanting to lead, wanting to lead more boldly, but with a sense of of emotional intelligence. Okay. Well, this may not be the response you may have expected, but I genuinely believe that when we connect with our own awareness, our own capacity for wisdom, what that does is that for those moments, we give up our habitual tendency to relate to the world as self and other. And when we are just resting in the natural state of our own mind and wisdom and awareness, all of our best qualities unfold, the most important of which I think is love and compassion. And now we hear about empathy. Empathy is safe. Empathy is a safe word. And it is good. It is. I'm all for empathy. Don't get me wrong. I am more for compassion. And for me, the difference is that if you can say, I love everybody the same, wow, now that's really coming from a different spot than most of us are geared and wired for and habituated towards, right? You know, we we love our kids, we love our families, and then outward, outward, outward. But I think what it means to shift the paradigm, not only of business to being agents of world benefit, but really 
being courageous leaders requires that we give up the concept of boundaries as it relates to love itself Hmm. and to embracing our capacity to be kind and care for those we don't know. So if as I'm moving through my day, I treat everybody I encounter like my child or a sacred being that they are, we're going to act so much differently towards one another, ultimately. And I think that's where the gold is of being a good human and a good leader. Guys, you see why so many of my friends and colleagues just really, really love this lady because she, she, this is what we got for almost not quite two years. It's about 18 months. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to admit, I, I wasn't expecting it to be so intimate. And I am just so glad that it was because the very name of my company was birthed from an activity where she asked us to envision uh, and almost draw a picture of what space do you hope to hold in the world? And from that activity, I partnered with Don Angelo Bivens as my, as my partner there, and I drew a picture of a kiln. And from there, Kill Global Coaching and Consulting was born. So my very existence professionally uh, is due to the vision that you materialized uh, in that program. And for that, I am so grateful. I am so grateful as well, just to know you. And I feel moved when I see that people are connecting with their own inherent wisdom and their potential. Nothing makes me happier. Well, this has been a great conversation, and I'm going to ask you to raise your glass one more time All right. as we toast out of this conversation, and I'm going to bring you into the VIP room. So if you guys are listening and you're VIPs, you can come on in for some more of this incredible insight and conversation with Miss Michelle Navarez. This has been great. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you so much, Galen. Hey, it's not too late. Hit that subscribe button so you're sure to catch the next episode. If you're really enjoying the vibe, leave us a review or become a VIP for guests and show exclusives. Cheers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.